into the contest. It's Monday the 12th of July. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Tim Gilbert here, Shane Lee, Rugby League. It's heading to Queensland, the whole game. The whole game's heading up there, mate. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind heading up there myself. I reckon. I'm, a proud, I'm a proud New South Welshman, but homeschooling starting today, it's going to be a nightmare. So I want to get up to Brisbane as well. I want to be in Queensland. I want to be a Queenslander. Of course, and uh, the third State of Origin game will be played on the Gold Coast. That is one saving grace out of this whole diabolical situation. If New South Wales get a clean sweep in all games in Queensland, that would be amazing. And to top it off, here on Afternoon Sport, we have a signed State of Origin jersey to give away. So follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. That is Afternoon Sport, a signed New South Wales jersey. They've won the title already. They're going for the clean sweep. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and you'll be in the running for that. Today on the show, a huge one. We have Rob Tanner, who writes for The Athletic, all about football in England. Boy, oh boy, what about what happened to them? The Italian team, they were so happy, of course, with their win. Former AFL champion Corey McKernan talks footy. And Jaslyn Hewitt is here to wrap up all the latest with the Barty Party. What a win by Ash Barty. Well, there's nothing that Rob Tanner doesn't know about Leicester City or the game of soccer slash football. Rob, boy, oh boy, England all the way, nearly, nearly, and it was another penalty shootout there celebrating in Rome. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the theme, the anthem of the, uh, the the tournament for England was the, the Three Lions song from 96 um, about, uh, you know, the, 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 the 30 years of hurt and it was 55 years of hurt and it, all the penalty shootout, mm. um, disappointments and um, all the controversy that they've had with the hand of God and all that. Like, and it's it's the same old story. Unfortunately, they got to the final. And it was another penalty shootout. I mean, but the, I, I don't think England have too many complaints tonight. I thought um, for the first 20 minutes, they were excellent. They were really pressed. It was almost a, a carbon copy of the World Cup semi-final against Croatia um, five years ago when, um, sorry, three years ago, when they really, really uh, started out of the gate and they um, were absolutely fantastic. And then, lost the initiative and they did that tonight against an Italy side that hadn't lost for nearly three years, 33 games. It just all went out the window for him, really. And uh, then he went to penalties as well. And it was so disappointing. You're right, Rob. Um, England started so well, Luke Shaw scoring in the second minute. But they, yeah, after 20 minutes, they really took their foot off the pedal, didn't they? They did. I don't know why, because um, as I said, it was the same scenario against Croatia. They had the initiative and they were pushing, and uh, it looked like the two the, the wing back system that um, Gareth Southgate had uh, adopted was really working, and uh, the Italians were struggling to find an answer in the whole of the first half. Actually, they looked mm. like they were struggling to find an answer, but the second half they dominated, absolutely dominated, and um, but then when it goes to penalties, it's always a lottery and. Uh, Gareth Southgate gambled and he made the, 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 the two substitutions late on for uh, Rashford and Saka to come on and um, and take the penalties and it hasn't worked out. It just, yeah. you know, it's, it's a shame really because Jordan Pickford pulled off two great saves in the shootout. What about the Gareth Southgate story? I remember as a young reporter covering when they lost back then 25 years ago and it was he, the manager, 
currently of the English side that missed the vital, pivotal penalty. And here he is now. Um, oh, it must be just all flooding back. Boy, oh, boy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's the irony, isn't it, really, that, um, you know, it was a penalty shootout that defined his playing career. And now it's a penalty shootout that's defining his managerial career. Well, it is up to this point because obviously if he goes on to to achieve greater success in the future, then it won't be. But, um, you know, tonight it must be devastating for him because he made those two changes just solely for the penalty shootout. And the two lads he sent on both missed. So, I mean, I always thought, though, when it, if it went to penalties, they would might struggle because the Italian goalkeeper is such a huge presence in mm. in his goal. And, uh, you know, it, it takes some some beating to, to, to get the better of him. So it's, uh, it's obviously devastating for England. But there you go. We're used to it by now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'll tell you what, England must, they've got to sort of regroup on this. They've, they've had a fantastic tournament. They've played really, really well. They've got there's some really, really ups, um, some fantastic young players in there. Uh, it looks good to the future. They've got to get their head up here because um, they can really build off this. Oh, absolutely, yes. I, I totally agree with you. I, I, there's so, in, so much young talent mm. in that squad and um, we haven't seen all of them. I mean, um, in the build-up to the game tonight, the uh, uh, Chiellini, was, uh, the Italian captain, was talking about the, um, the, the quality off the bench uh, that England could bring on. Um, I mean, Jaden Sancho and uh, Grealish, uh, you know, those, those sort of the guys that could came up, come on and uh, affect a game late on. But, um, yeah, I think that gives uh, English fans a lot of optimism going mm. forwards because, um, you know, we, yeah, the, the World Cup's just around the corner because of the COVID thing. The, the U- European Championships were mm. delayed by a year. So we haven't got long to wait for the next one, but yep. uh, let's, let's just practice penalties between now and then. <laughs> yeah, well, they said it was coming home. Unfortunately for England, it's going to Rome. Look, they haven't had their great time either. They didn't make the last World Cup final, so um, this will mean a lot to them. Uh, look, Rob Tanner, thank you so much for coming on the show. Leicester City rider for the Athletic in England. Uh, not an easy day, but, uh, yeah, a lot better than being knocked out in the early stages. We'll catch you soon. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, former pro tennis player, she's our expert of the game, Ash Barty won Wimbledon. Jaslyn Hewitt is next. Time to talk tennis. What a remarkable win by Ash Barty. Just extraordinary, Jaslyn Hewitt. Yeah, I mean, all her dreams came true the other night over in Wimbledon. It was amazing tennis to watch. And I think we just saw some superb athleticism from Ash out there. I mean, some of her shots there were, were fantastic. And I think the the overall outcome to win at 50 years in Yvonne's memory since she, she first won the title, 41 years since she won it last. So it, it's a special moment for her. Jess, it was only a month ago she had to pull out due to a hip injury. Um, but she's really turned around and she's right at the top of her game now, playing so well. She only dropped a she dropped a set in the final, but she she really dominated that game from, from start to finish, I thought. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, she did have a little bit of look like the yips there at 6-5 mm. in the second set where she was serving for it. But she did, um, yeah, with her hips, she did have the scans done. But it was interesting that she chose not to actually look at the scans and go on what her body felt like. And yeah. I think this is some – a lot of the time uh, athletes are, are getting caught up in the scans instead of actually going going with their gut feel on how their bodies mm. – because you can – a lot of scans can show previous old injuries and you're never really sure how to manage those. So if you just going off that expert's opinion and not your not your feel. Yeah, who knows? She may not have even stepped onto the court for Wimbledon. And she's got everything covered, hasn't she? She's an amazing tennis player, a delightful person, and that tenacity. Talk about a role model. I, I mean, it is fantastic. And for us to have women that are out there that are strong, that are crafty, that can play the whole game the way that she can. And also, I think the main thing is you're watching the way that she um, – takes in the glory and the credit for herself and how um, honoured she was. She was breaking down in tears when she just wanted to make Yvonne proud. I think that all gives you you chills down your spine at how honest and genuine she is as a person. But slightly different if you're looking over to the men's field. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say that. Well, just on that, the, the Joker, um, look, he, he got up. That's his 20th title. He now equals both Nadal and Federer at 20 apiece. That's his sixth Wimbledon. Um Berentini looks like a, a real talent of the future, but uh, the experience of, of the Joker in the final got him, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, Novak had a fantastic week. He dropped two sets the whole uh, tournament, so one in the first round and one in the final, and it was really just a whitewash for Novak there. Watching the way that he acts and behaves on court, this is uh, this is why you look at Ash and see have such high values in the way mm. that she acts is – He's won it five times. The crowd's booing him and he's still ba- bantering with the crowd as in, I've won it five times and you still don't like me. So um, <laughs> it's, um, I think a lot of that uh, extra show pony and glory probably needs to come from from the spectators. I think that's why we all love uh, Federer mm. so much is he's let his racket do the talking and not actually said anything. Whereas, um, no, Novak definitely wants to be seen and be heard. That's for sure. Does so much uh, to uh, the game of tennis here in Australia, doesn't it? When you have something like this happen, with with I get back to Ash. Yeah, no, with the flow on effect for for our young players coming through, and we've had such a major push. And uh, going back, I think it's almost two years now. We had that major grant come from the government to push females in tennis, and we've got an amazing program here in Sydney with Shiro's, and it's just fantastic to see that drive and push with with our um, female players. I think the last time we. Had had a really good push in sport in Australia was going back to the 2000 Olympics and you could see what that drive and I think you need to see it to believe it and this is where our our role models and our sports heroes are actually icons it does especially this uh, day and age at the moment we're going through where everyone's locked up in their house maybe they can only play backyard cricket maybe they can play soccer in the backyard with their brother or sister and it's it's having those heroes that they can see uh, on the television and, and watching on social media that that inspires our next level of players yeah she's a superstar she as you said, she lets her racket do the talking as well. And um, but just back on the Joker, he's now won the Australian, the French, Wimbledon. Um, there's only been one person that's won in the Open period, um, the Grand Slam. So he's eyeing off, obviously, the US Open now. 
yeah, US Open and possibly Olympics. So it could be the golden Grand Slam if he was wow. to play Olympics. But he's he's come out now and said he's only 50-50 if he's going to be playing that event. Um, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the players are deciding to pull out of the Olympics moving forward. So we've already got Halep's. Serena and Nadal out. Feds is going, uh, just given that he has um, his last hurrah, I'm, I'm presuming, given the way his body's uh, holding up. So it, it's definitely going to be an interesting time. Absolutely, Ash. An extraordinary time, an extraordinary time for Australian sport, Australian tennis. And Ash Barty, the Barty party started only in her mid-twenties. Uh, so we could say that two Grand Slams at this point, there's so many more on the way for her if her body stays together. Let's talk tennis again soon. Thanks, guys. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, two-time Premiership player with North Melbourne, Corey McKernan. Are we seeing the emergence of a new asset class in the sports sector? How was the breakaway football Super League to be financed? How much was that private equity investment into volleyball? What are investors' plans for Davis Cup tennis? I'm Reese Lenarduzzi, the head of advisory at Athlon Partners, a global fund and corporate advisory firm specialising in the investment and acquisition of sports organisations and sports assets. I'm also host of the all-new podcast, Sportonomic. Join me as I speak to industry experts, athletes, stakeholders and other key players to uncover the curtain engine and machinations of sport. Each week, I venture beyond the mere headlines and into the depths of the issues surrounding sports business, sports law, sports economics and finance. Find us on your favourite podcast app. Sportonomic, sponsored by Athlon Partners. Come find out about the emerging universe of sports capital at athlonpartners.com. All right, what a weekend of AFL. I'll tell you what the highlight for me, and I love the Swans, was the mighty, mighty Swans. Can they win the flag? The guy that's done it two times is Corey McKernan. They were good against Western Bulldogs, Corey. Yeah, it's another significant uh, win for the Swannies. Like when you get a big scalp like the Western Bulldogs, who are one of the premiership favourites, it's uh, it's going to give them a lot of confidence. That's for sure, mate. And um, the, another game that I thought uh, was fantastic, St Kilda 95 over Brisbane 63. Uh, Max King with three goals, uh, Luke Dunstan with 29 possessions and and Tim Membry um, with two goals as well. St Kilda looked really good. Yeah, look, it's a it's a great win for the Saints, but I, I think the other biggest story to come out of that game is uh, Eric Hipwood uh, did his knee. So mm. it's going to be interesting for yeah, the Brisbane Lions and their crack at winning the Premiership this year. To lose someone like Eric Hipwood that's so vital to their team, it, yeah, it made a big difference. But look, full credit, as you said, go to the... The Saints, and they were fantastic. It's wobbling on its head again, obviously, because of the COVID situation, all the rugby leagues in Queensland, all the AFLs in Victoria. And you can almost throw your cards in the air a bit at the moment, can't you, Corey? Because it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick who will win this premiership. There's quite a few teams in there, isn't there? Yeah, well, even I think even up until yesterday, I was trying to mount a case that I still had a little bit of faith in the Tigers, and then uh, mm. that, all, that all went pretty pear-shaped really quickly and all, all of a sudden I'd yeah I think it's uh we've all been pretty loath to say it that the, the dynasty might be over but I think we can uh we're nearly reading the last rites of uh I mean a successful period for the Tigers because yeah Collingwood that they, they they unbelievable at the end but I think the biggest story is going to be the Tigers capitulating in that game well, the team that keeps doing it week in, week out and sort of just uh, bubbling below the surface is Geelong. You know, 70 uh, v 44 versus Carlton. Now, Carlton hasn't had a, a great season, but 
uh, Geelong just get the job done every week. Yeah, they're going to be interesting, Geelong, because in the off-season, I think, as we've covered on the show, that, yeah, they've really gone all in on, on this year. But yep. they've been great uh, over the last sort of 10, 15 years at being incredibly successful. But that plain and simple, they've just got to get their hands on a bit of silverware. Like, mm. it, it really doesn't mean anything being one of the great teams of the home and away period, you've actually got to get the job done in, in September. So, look, they'll they'll more than likely finish in the top four, but, yeah, they're, they're going to have a massive few weeks come uh, come September. Go the Swans. Go the Swans. Go the mighty, mighty Swans. Uh, and finally, um, UFC. Con- Conor McGregor broke his leg. Boy, oh, boy, that was ridiculous. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty gruesome, wasn't it? But, look, you know what? I think... Uh, Connor was really battling towards the end of that first round and, and Dustin Poirier really, I thought, had his measure. And if it wasn't, it was a combination of the the, the, the bell of the first round and then Connor actually breaking his foot virtually at the same time. So, I don't know. I thought Dustin, if, if, for those that watch it, I'm sure they'll agree that, yeah, he... he he, he was really going to uh, do a number on Connor. I love the word gruesome. You know, if you rub it, it'll gruesome more. But uh, thanks for coming on the show today, Corey. <laughs> Not a problem, boys. <laughs> I love that. Ah, Corey, good to talk to you. We'll catch you soon. Thanks, boys. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you on a huge show to Rob Tanner, Jaslyn Hewitt, Corey McKernan, and thanks to our sponsors, Spartan Sports. Yeah, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow with a daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.